Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Let me ask you to take your Bibles and go with me to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1984 was uh, a moment in our family that had to have a um, deciding moment. At 1984, I'm just barely a teenager. I'm in my teen years. Uh, yes, I know. I, I look good for this age. I, I get it. You don't have to. You don't have to say that. Uh, but I'm barely a teenager, and. Uh, our life in 1984, for those of you, some of you in the room have no idea how good you have it. And even some of you may have grown up at 1984 and had it real, a whole lot better than I did. 1984 at our house, we had three channels. Three. In fact, at times, uh, my dad would send my brother and I out the back door, uh, depending on the weather, and we would grab hold, when we got old enough, we'd grab hold of the antenna and we would turn it until dad, sitting in his recliner with his feet up, would go, a little more, a little more, that's it, right there, you know. And then we'd sit down and, nope, go back out there and turn it again, we'd turn it again. We didn't have central air in my house. Uh, we probably had it in 1984, but it had only probably been there a year or so. Um, so in 1984, there's a decision that has to be made at our house. And again, there's no Google, there's no internet, there's nothing like that to help my mom and dad make the decision. The decision was whether or not they were going to let their, their sons, 12 and 11, go to a movie. Now, it wasn't like it wasn't our first movie. We'd been to see E.T. We'd been to the theaters and saw that thing. We, we'd seen other other movies but this was going to be the first time they were going to send us to the movie with somebody else and we were going to see a I, I tried to think how I would say this a, a grown-up movie it's a, a, I was going to say adult and I was like no that probably sends the wrong message so uh, I, you know I was thinking about it and so so a grown-up movie you know and and you know sometimes by the title of the movie you know it's okay uh, like Star Wars we all kind of, kind of, you, you see that title. Well, this title didn't help them any. And again, there's no Google, so you can Google it and go, oh, that's okay. Because uh, the title kind of could be misleading. The movie, 1984, was Footloose. Anybody brave enough to admit you went to see that? Yeah, yeah, so Footloose. So we went to, Mike's over here laughing. Footloose was the movie, and so my parents agreed we'd go with, with another a friend of ours and their family. We'd go to that movie. And so uh, if you've never seen the movie, or if you saw the 2011 version, which is not as good as the 84 version, just saying, uh, here's the, the crutch of the movie. The movie is about, um, hey, uh, no wonder you couldn't hear me earlier. I kept saying, why am I in a barrel? It's because it was in my jacket. <laughs> my fault, Chris. <laughs> it's been one of those days. So, so the movie. So, sorry, for those of you in the back, I'll catch you up later. So the movie's about um, this small community who is... Um, 
struggling. Well, not struggling. But the small community has been set in their ways. I mean, the church really ran the community. In fact, the preacher really had his thumbprint on the community. They didn't allow loud music. So you couldn't ride around town with loud music. You certainly wasn't going to dance in town. The church was going to forbid that. In fact, one scene in the 84 movie is where they're burning books because they disagree with the school in a book that they're using. It's, it's funny how that, that movie plays out, but there's some truth behind that movie because there has been things inside the church that we have just said no to and really we've had no biblical basis to do it. And so this morning, there's the question for us that we have to answer is, it's my body. I mean, we live in a world where people want to go, it's my body, I can do with it what I want. And the answer, as we'll see in scripture today, is no, it's not if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And even if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, it's not your body either. You didn't create it, you didn't form it, you can't sustain it. Only God can. But, but in this movie, the church takes such a drastic role in how they can act and how they shouldn't that they go too far. And sometimes as believers, we want to do that. We want to say things that are not biblical. They may be the right thing to say, hey, don't do this, you, you shouldn't do this. But we sometimes say it with the authority that the scripture backs us up and it really does it. Now, there are some other things that we, we do now in a society that we go just the opposite. We lean a little too far and allow it to happen when scripture tells us don't let it happen. So today, the topic is, it's my body. Can I drink alcohol? Can I have an abortion? Can I, you fill in the blank. And here's the thing, there'll be some people in the room who, who will probably disagree with me, and that's okay. As long as we can have an understanding that I'm going to try to teach what the Bible says, and if, you, if we differ, come to me with a biblical conversation of why you think I missed the point this morning. I'm good with those conversations. What I'm not, what I don't think we want to get into is, well, I believe or I think we ought to do this. Well, I know for my own self, every time I go down the path and say, I think and I believe this and don't have any biblical backing, I end up looking foolish because I've gone most of the time against what scripture says. So I'm not looking for personal opinions because we all have those. But as we just sang, let's build our foundation off of God, what God's word says. So as we go through this text, let's talk about what our bodies is it, and how we, should, how we should live. And so I'm going to give you four questions to ask today. And those four questions will drive you in thinking about how you should or should not behave, all right? So if you have your Bibles in your first Corinthians, let's stand as we honor God's word. It's amazing how my microphone sounds when it's not under my jacket. It's just one of those days. Verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, 
but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but not, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality. For the Lord and the Lord, for, I'm sorry, let's back up. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. God raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are a part of Christ's body? So should I take a part of Christ's body and make it a, a part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? For the scripture says, the two will become one flesh. But anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit. Flee sexual immorality. For every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But a person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. You may be seated. So here's what I want you to catch this morning. As we think through these four questions, I want you to see this big idea this morning. The big idea is this. As believers, our bodies are to reflect our relationship with God. Catch that, a reflection. When you look in the mirror, it's a what, church? It's a reflection. And so when you look in the mirror, what you want to do is look back and see how you are looking. And this morning, if we're looking in the mirror, our, the question is, are we reflecting God or are we reflect, reflecting the world? So our, our bodies are to reflect our relationship with God. Therefore, we must continually evaluate our efforts to honor Christ. Continually, meaning it's not a one-time deal. It's not a, hey, I know Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. I'm good. I've checked that box. It's a continual relationship. It's a continual moving. It's a continual looking and evaluating. Now, I don't have this problem, but others do. If it's a windy day, I can walk into a building and never look in the mirror. I don't have that problem. If it's windy, I can still walk in and I, my hair is still fine. Others, if you walk in after a windy day, the first thing they have to do is find a mirror and do what? Make sure they still look good. You understand. Think about it. For those of you who look in a mirror, how many times do you look in it daily? Do you just fix yourself once a day and go on? Or do you look and adjust yourself? Every day we're to continually be evaluating our relationship. So let me give you the four questions we got to ask ourselves about our actions. How we're going to act and how that reflects God. First question I want you to see this morning is this. Will this action be helpful to me? Will this action be helpful to me? There are things that are helpful and there's things that are not helpful, right? We find things in our life that are helpful and when we find those things that are helpful, what do we do? We we do those. We learn tricks and we know that that's helpful. Well, the same thing. When we're acting, the question is, when we, re, when we act or react to something, how helpful is it to us? Look at verse 12. 
Paul says this, everything is permissible for me, but what? Okay, I know my mic's working, so you catch the word here. Everything is permissible with, for me, but not everything is beneficial. And I goofed you up there because you're supposed to say not, and I said it. So we're really rolling today. Not everything is beneficial. In other words, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Not everything is one of those things you should be doing. Sometimes we, we think it's okay. Sometimes it's, it's one of those things that it's not going to hurt us. I've got the right to do it. I should do it. Why can't I do it? Well, let me give you a, a, a great example. In 2004, today's our movie day. 2004, there was a movie came out called Supersize Me. Anybody ever remember seeing that documentary? Supersize Me was a documentary from Morgan Spurlock who took a 30-day challenge to say, I'm only going to eat McDonald's for 30 days. 30 days, all he's going to do. And in that 30 days, he ate everything on the menu at McDonald's at least once. In 30 days, he learned that he was averaging about 5,000 calories a day. So some of you understand that. I didn't know if that was a good calorie count or a bad calorie count. I thought the higher the number, the better you were. You know, it's like school, higher numbers. Yeah, the average healthy calorie is about 2,500. So he was doubling that. In 30 days, he gained 24 pounds. His cholesterol went through the roof. In fact, those 24 pounds took him 14 months to get off. It wasn't something he could get off easy. In fact, he was dating a, his girlfriend was a vegan chef. I'm not sure which one was worse myself, but he had to enlist her help to get the, get the weight off, but it took 14 months to do that. Now listen, is there anything wrong with eating McDonald's? <laughs> Probably for 30 days it is. But you know, we can eat McDonald's. There's nothing wrong. I mean, hit the drive-thru. We hit the drive-thru the other night. So it's, so it's permissible, but is it always helpful? It's not helpful to do that 30 days in a row, not to eat every meal morning, noon, and night at McDonald's. In fact, those of you who don't know why he did it, he wasn't just crazy. He, he set out to make a point. Uh, the, the, sur uh, the Surgeon General had already come out and said we were an obese country. And so he went out to prove that one of the reasons was McDonald's and fast foods. But see, that wasn't helpful. It's not, it's not helpful for anyone to do that. Is it permissible? Sure, you can do that. There's nobody telling you you can't do that. So the question we have to ask, is this helpful for, to me? If, if I'm going to take this action, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to walk down this path and I'm going to, to do this, is this helpful to me? The second question we have is simply this. Will this action potentially enslave me? Will it enslave me? Will it cause me to, 
to continue this process? Will it enslave me in such a way that I can't stop? It will enslave me in such a way that I've got to keep doing it. It's a habit. It becomes something that, that I cannot let go of. Talking about food, one of the researchers has found that if you put on a bag of chips, crunchy, more people will eat crunchy chips longer than if you just put potato chip on the front. And go home and try that. Get your, your favorite crunchy chip. I like Cheetos. Get the crunchy kind. And you start eating. I promise you, you can't eat just a few. In fact, Blaze Potato Chips came out with a slogan, you just can't have one. There are things that enslave us. Now, for some people, it is food. Some people, it's food. And one of the questions was, uh, that was asked was, is my weight, because I cannot get my weight under control, is that uh, a sin or am I just out of the will of God or, or am I just stuck with it? Well, there's a whole lot to that question and a whole lot to answer there. But some of the responses to that question is, are you enslaved to food? Now, there's a whole lot of other things, medical things. We're all built differently. Some of us are built bigger bones. Some of us are skinnier. Some, you know, some of it's genetics, those types of things. Some of it's medical. Some of, some of the medicines we're on, doctors don't tell you, but sometimes it adds weight to you. And, and so there's a whole host of things there. But one of the things is, are we enslaved to food? Here's the thing. We like food. As a culture, food is comforting, right? I mean, you know when things are going bad what you want. You know, I laugh and tell you all the time, my, my counselors are Ben and Jerry, Little Debbie, you know, Wendy's. You know, all those people are my counselors. And so when life goes, throws you curveballs, that's what you do. And sometimes we get so enslaved to food that we don't worry about what we're putting in our bodies. We don't worry that we are hitting drive throughs and eating things that are unhealthy for us. We become enslaved to that. And other things, I mean, you, you may be sitting here going, Pastor, I, I don't have any issue with weight. Sure. But are you enslaved to something else? Sometimes we're enslaved to the people around us. We're enslaved to people who are around us and, and, and they're not healthy people. They're people who constantly see things in a negative light and constantly are, are bringing us down. And we're so enslaved that we can't walk away from that relationship. And we, we tell ourselves we're trying to be the influencer there. But the truth of the matter is they're the ones who keep bringing us down. And so the truth of the matter is you're not influencing them, they're influencing you. Look what Paul says in verse 12 of our text. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will what? Not. I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered. Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality. We're going to get this today. I'm going to back it up. Here we go. However, the body is not for the sexual immorality, but... Thank you. We got there. And the Lord for the body. Listen, when Paul writes this, there are two slogans for the Corinthian church. 
the one is all things are lawful. In other words, I can do it. Christ set me free. I'm free. I have I've been redeemed. I can do anything because of Christ. And so they, they didn't worry about what was sin and what was not sin. They, they lived with this idea of all things are, are possible. The other thing was uh, they, they lived with an appetite regarding sexual immorality. And rather than seeing that as a gift from God, they saw it as an appetite that, that could be could be quickly fixed and it didn't matter who and so what that what was going on was they were enslaved by this desire and this appetite to something that was not what God ever designed again some things are good in proportions ice cream is good in proportion the whole tub at one time by yourself may not be that good thing. Hanging out with someone who is constantly bringing you down and bringing others down. Hanging out with them on a long period of time may not be good. You have to decide what enslaves you. For, for some people... They're enslaved by food, people, money, toys. One of the things people are enslaved a lot by these days is this thing right here. I mean, the thing is, we can't go 10 minutes without going, I wonder what everybody else is doing on Facebook. I wonder what people are saying. I wonder, wonder what so-and-so's done. I'm just looking here. Hey, there I am. None of you have commented how bad today's going. Praise the Lord. Um, we're enslaved. We, we, we just, we can't go two minutes. Do you realize the only thing we need to be enslaved to is Jesus Christ? Anything else is a distraction. Anything else takes our mind and our attention away from him. So ask yourself, am I enslaved to this? And, and, and I promise, nobody gets into something with the idea of being enslaved. No alcoholic has ever said, hey, I'm, I'm going to become an alcoholic so I can be enslaved to drinking. It's just the process in which they begin. And what happens is you, you start a casual drink leads to a much more casual that leads to more and more and then before you know it there's a problem you can take that same analogy with anything else so are you enslaved third question I want you to catch today will this action help or hurt my witness for Christ will it help or hurt my witness for Christ look at what Paul says in our text Verse 15 says, Do, don't you know that your bodies are a part of Christ's body? So, shouldn't, so should I take a part of Christ's body and make it a part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. So, so we know that, that in our culture, that was, 
That's, a, that's an easy answer. Absolutely not. Paul has to tell them in that culture because what they're doing is they're, they're living with this idea that everything's permissible. That's okay. I am, I've been set free. I can, I can go to the temple. And, and for those of you who, who know your history, there was called these, in, in the Corinthian church, there was these temple prostitutes. You come to the temple, you worship God, and then you go over here, have a few minutes, and then go home to your family. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we understand that when it comes to something like this. But will we take that same practice and apply it to other areas of our lives? With the language that comes from our mouth. Well, listen, this is how I feel. I, I, I'm just going to speak it and I don't care whose feelings are hurt. Paul says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth but only that which is good for building up one another. The question is, are we building up or encouraging one another or are we tearing each other down? Are you enslaved to that? Are you helping your witness in, by your actions in the way you live your life? Now listen, hear, hear me very carefully. Parents, I need you to listen because some of you will... will We'll send Laura a letter this week. The Bible never says, thou shalt not drink. Never. Now, here's what it says. Thou shalt not get drunk, or don't be drunk with wine. It doesn't even say thou shalt not. It just says, don't be drunk. So, here's the thing. I don't do that. My family just don't. Why? Because I like iced tea. Not Long Island iced tea, just iced tea. Um, I, you know, Dr. Pepper's, Drew Drink Sprite, you know, there's, there's enough other things. I don't even have to go down that path. And really, part of that is I just want my witness not to have a stumbling block. Now, does that mean I think you're a stumbling block if you, if you go out and have a drink? No. But here's the thing. For me, if a person says, hey, I, if a person is struggling as an alcoholic and trying to get over that... And they see me at the restaurant, and I order an alcoholic drink. Well, you know, the preachers are having one. I can have one. And it just takes them down that path. So I'm not going to do that. But just because somebody else does, we shouldn't walk in the restaurant and go, well, they're just an alcoholic because they have a drink. Because that's not what Scripture teaches. Everything we do, we have to make sure whatever we do, our witness is good. Now, if you go to the restaurant and you can't walk out of the restaurant because of the drink, you've got a problem. And you need to address that because you've just blown your witness to everybody. So the question is, am I helping or hurting my witness for Christ? Am I making much of Christ or am I desiring my own selfish need? Listen, from Genesis to Revelation, we find people who are constantly about selfishness. It's Adam and Eve, David. We, we can go down the list of people who are selfish. Peter. Well, I don't know him because I don't want to end up where he's at. I'm not going to go on a cross. We have a selfish bone in our body. We are created self-centered. And we constantly have to fight that battle. 
Because we can't give in to our self-centered needs. And one of the ways we do that is by we constantly asking ourselves, am I helping or hurting my witness? Number four. Will this action honor will this action honor my body which belongs to God? Will this action honor my body which belongs to God? Look at what what he says in 19 and 20. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were what? Bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. Listen, if you're here this morning and you've confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he paid for you. He went to the cross for you. He went so you can have life everlasting. What does your body say about him? How do, you, how do you treat your body? You come to the place and you go, it's my body. I, I don't know that I want that child. Listen, you just acknowledge it's a child formed in the image of you, which is formed in the image of God. God formed that child in your belly. It's not your place. In a world of people who are begging to be parents. Just because we can't physically see that child at the moment doesn't mean that child doesn't exist. Our bodies belong to God. This is a temple in which the Holy Spirit so dwells in us. And the question is, how well are we treating his temple? What are, what are the things that we need to think about and adjust when it comes to our bodies. Let me give you two takeaways today. This was Norma Wright, uh, Norma Young's uh, takeaway. She she said this first year I was here. Just because you can doesn't mean you shouldn't. Norma was doing a children's message one day, and that was her takeaway. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I told a Sunday school class this morning, my wife has said that to me multiple times. And normally it's with Krispy Kreme donuts. Anyhow, we better move on. This is God's body. Just because we can do certain things doesn't mean we should. There's a thing that God has given us, it's called free will. Why does he give us free will? So we can choose to love him the right way. It, the decision's ours. Now, don't misunderstand me. Does God know how we're going to love him? Yes. If he didn't know, he wouldn't be God, but he knows. But we have a choice. That's why he put the tree in the Garden of Eden. So you can eat all this stuff, but just don't eat that one. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Second thing we need to remember is each choice you make reflects your relationship with God. Each choice we make reflects our relationship with God. However you choose, whatever you choose, there's a reflection based on your choice how you choose to live for God. 1983 
just the year before, Footloose came out. There was an actor by the name of John Belushi. John Belushi passed away. He overdosed from cocaine and heroin. You may recognize him from some of the movies he did. He did Blues Brothers. That's one of his famous movies. He did some other movies. But he was highly addicted to cocaine and heroin. U.S. News and World Report uh, decides after his death to, to do an article on the effects of cocaine and heroin. It's interesting in the reading their article is that they made compelling reasons why it was okay to do cocaine and heroin, and yet then they would counteract that with some of the side effects. And basically, it's an article that talks about you choose. It, it, can, uh, it can do you no harm, in the article said. It can also take your life. You don't play that game. It, it can lift you it can lift your spirits up high. It can also bring you to the depths of the, the very low. It can make you the life of the party, the article said. And it can turn you, it can turn you into the loner. It was interesting how that article was, was put out trying to weigh the pros and the cons of of heroin and cocaine. The truth of the matter is, at the end of the article, they talk about it's the choice that you've got to make. Because it can make a difference in your life and how you, how you live. What you and I understand now, some, some 20 years later, is, is a very addicting, a very addicting habit that can destroy your life. And you and I are here and we can say, well, it's my body, I can do that. But if you are a child of God, you're destroying the temple. And the question is, is that a place God dwells? Oh, you've got a choice and I have a choice. But let's make no bones about it. Our bodies are not really ours. They're just here on loan. I mean, you didn't, you didn't pick your body out, did you? You didn't, did you? I mean, some of us, if we'd have picked out our bodies, we'd have picked out different ones. Amen? Yeah. I mean, we, listen, there's, there's a few other things I'd like to have had on this body if it was my choice, but I didn't, it wasn't a window sticker that I got to go, I want that option, I want that option, I want that option. Take that option off. And no matter how much we want to control our bodies with plastic surgeries and all sorts of things, this is still a body that God has given us. It's not ours. And so let's make no mistakes about it. If we're going to, if we're going to live for him, then the question then, then we have to commit that this body is his and the way we treat it reflects that relationship with him. So here's the thing this morning. How well are you treating the temple of God? How well are you treat, treating your temple that God's given you? Are you, 
Are you taking care of it like you should? Are you keeping it up to date? Are you trying everything you can to make sure that the decisions that you make reflect that of God? Or are you abusing the temple that God gave you? Are you mistreating the temple God gave you? Are you, are you doing damage to the temple you gave? Is your witness hurting because of the way you take care of your temple? This morning, that's the decision you have to make. Every one of us who calls on the name of Jesus has the temple of God because the Holy Spirit lives inside this body. We are the house for the Holy Spirit in our life. How well are you doing? Maybe you're here this morning and you need to make a decision to, to make some changes in the way that you take care of things, the way you talk, the way you, what you take in, the way you abuse. Maybe today you, just a moment in our hymn of invitation, you just cry out to God there in your pew and just say, forgive me. Maybe you're here and there's another decision on your heart to, to confess Christ as your personal Lord and Savior today to realize that, that the body that you have has been given to you by God and there, there's a Redeemer who has redeemed that body if you will turn it over to Him. Maybe there's another decision on your heart. In just a moment as we sing our hymn of invitation, I'm going to invite you. If you want, at this moment you can come to the to the altar. I'll be here. If not, just immediately following our service right outside these doors, Mike Thomason will be out there. He'd love to meet you if you're a guest with us this morning. He's got a gift for you, but he'd love to pray with you. He'd love to join our church. He'd love to get you connected and how to do that at our Connect Center. If you're watching us online or TV, you can call us at 270-681-2363. 270-681-2363. We'd love to have a conversation with you with regarding your relationship with God. Whatever the case may be today, would you respond to a God who loved you so much that he sent his one and only son? To a God who sent his Holy Spirit to live inside each of us to dwell in our temples? Would you respond? Would you stand with me?